I wrestled in high school, and though it was an aggressive sport which pits one man against another in a battle of strength, stamina, and technique, very few accidents and injuries ever occurred during the six years I participated. On the rare instances when they did, wrestling tournaments always stopped. Everything in the entire gym halted. Bouts on the other mats paused, cheerleaders silenced their chants, conversations in the stands ceased, and this one right here is big. Most of the competitors took a knee, waiting with respect and reverence as we waited for the injured man to arise. When the wounded athlete, the man in the arena, finally stood to his feet, everyone cheered, even the opponent's team, and people who didn't know the injured man at all. All of that happened because someone was physically hurt. That leads me to an essential question, a follow-up to the observation. What if you and I decided that we would take a knee for emotional wounds too? You see, if someone hurts themselves physically, it's not uncommon to take time off from work or even undergo physical therapy. In fact, we encourage them to take their time getting well. Recover, we tell them. Your body needs to rest. You're worth the time it takes to heal. Looking back, I realize I got this one wrong. A lot. Uh, for instance, I didn't encourage my wife to take time to emotionally recover after miscarrying a child. I didn't even think about it either time, twice, that it happened. I look back in the rearview mirror now and ponder, what in the world was I thinking? Other times, I did get it right, like the time I suggested that our family cease extracurricular activities for a season after some trauma in our family came to light so that we could just rally together. And I did have the opportunity to slow down, step back, and deal with my soul issues for really about 18 months, but that was because I work from home and can control my schedule. In general, though, we don't look at people who are emotionally reeling and say, hey, take a time out. Let's pause. You need to rest. You need to recover. I'll, I'll sit down with you and, and not try to fix you. I'll just sit with you while you do. Now, in Job 2.11, that's kind of a throwback to that. Everything in Job's story went so well as far as the friends were concerned until they attempted to rationalize the situation and began pontificating about why he was suffering like he was. Anyway, over the past year or so, it occurred to me that in the same way that we encourage someone with a bodily ailment to seek physical therapy, or we cheer someone who says, hey, tomorrow I'm going to the gym. I just hired a trainer so I can take control of my health. We applaud people who seek other forms of help as well. Uh, for instance, we commend people who take extra classes or go back to school to acquire new knowledge and shore up their perceived intellectual or knowledge deficiencies. We do the exact same thing when someone seeks answers to deep spiritual questions. We applaud people who set appointments with pastors and spiritual directors. But what about emotional health? What about internal wounds? When, when's the last time you heard someone say, Hey, I'm taking charge of my emotional health. I'm going to go meet with a therapist. But then you took them seriously. If, if someone said that they're going to therapy, would your first thought be, wow, courageous, do the tough work of the soul? Or would the first thought be, hmm, I wonder what's wrong with them? You see, those are two very different responses. My, my question is, you know, I wonder with wounded hearts, what if we cared for wounded emotions like we care for wounded bodies? Now, for years, I wanted to run from emotions rather than running towards them. It seemed safer. It seemed easier. Yet, the way towards health and healing is actually to move straight into the emotions rather than trying to navigate around them. 
the truth is that without a physical healthy heart, your body cannot survive and life ceases to exist. The same is true for your metaphysical heart. You see, pain isn't the enemy emotionally any more than it is physically. Most of us do our best to avoid emotional pain, though, and, and physical pain. With emotional pain, we, we just bury it. We explain it away, or like we discussed in the previous talk, we cover it with some sort of incorrect heart attachment, which I really labeled as an addiction. But think about the need for pain, physical pain. A few years ago, my son Judah, he broke his arm. He tripped on the playground, landing awkwardly as he tried to catch him snow, and he snapped his forearm in half. Every kid and teacher on the playground at school actually heard it. The break was so thorough that he had to hold the broken part of his arm in place lest it just dangle. I gently tied his arm to his body with some cut-up cloths and then rushed him to the doctor. The physical wound he had was obvious. About a year later, my daughter Minnie fell from the zip line in our backyard. She was shaken up a bit, so we took her inside and we let her take a warm bath. And then an hour or two post-fall, she began complaining of a pain in her wrist. Now the wrist looked fine. No dangling loose like Judah's left arm, but her pain persisted. So I loaded her up in the car with one of her older sisters who had broken an arm before for moral support. We took her to the emergency room and then learned she had a small sprain. It wasn't obvious except for the issue that the pain highlighted that something was going on. The only reason we knew was because of the pain. That is, to say it another way, her wound wasn't obvious like Judah's. If she didn't experience the pain, we wouldn't have known about the sprain. Now, in the same way that physical pain alerts us to the notion that something isn't quite right in our bodies, emotional pain reveals the truth about our souls. Emotional wounds tell us that something's not quite right, and we actually need the pain. But remember, <laughs> we like to avoid pain. Do you remember that fact number two? So it's easy to cover this one up and just keep going. You know, think about it. I mean, pause, like even if you need to press stop right now, and think about it. And think about what might happen if we took emotional healing seriously. Like, like what, what if? What, what if we encouraged emotional exploration and growth like we foster intellectual endeavors? What if we treated emotional hurts with the same care we use for spiritual questions? What if we explored what's happening inside of us before we tried to connect relationally with those around us, propping on them to band-aid our feelings before we even understand what's there? What if we paused and took the necessary time to deal with the emotional traumas like we do for physical wounds? Now, if you've followed my website or this podcast for any length of time, you know that I'm a pr proponent of divine healing. Yes, I'll visit a medical doctor if we need to, just as I did with both Judah and Minnie. So I'm definitely not anti-medical, even though I prefer natural health options. But if something major happens, like we're, we're praying, we're praying for healing, and many times we actually see physical miracles. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I went to church services and people said something like, yeah, we saw a few people emotionally healed, I used to think it was a cop-out. I valued physical healing more because it was quantifiable. You could see it. The results were measurable. I've learned, though, that I was short-sighted in overlooking emotional health and healing. 
Now, I shared all of this at the dinner table with a few friends one night. Uh, we were pondering the reality that we all applaud other types of healing and advancement except for emotional healing, and we tend to just push through when we face emotional hurts. Uh, I listened to, these are the guys that I was with, a state trooper, a U.S. vet from the Iraq War, and a first responder, and they began discussing their emotional traumas with me. Now, having people shoot at me in Iraq was nothing, the vet said. I mean, I've heard stories, and I know guys who suffered from PTSD because our unit got mortared so many times. That didn't really faze me. The thing that set me back the most was getting sexually abused when I was a little boy. The first responder went next. I've had my life threatened too, but the biggest trauma I faced was when the guy who trained me was killed in the line of duty. It was my day off when it happened, so I wasn't there with him. I felt guilty about it for years. Sometimes I still do. That really messed me up, even though I wasn't there to experience it. Maybe if I was there, there's something I could have done. I should have been there. I wonder about it a lot. The state trooper then told us this. They always train troopers with a seasoned leader. Before they send us on our own in a patrol car, they want us to work at least one fatality on the highway. Then he continued, Coming up on the scene like that is hard because you never know what to expect, and it can take hours to sort through everything to get the accident clear to do everything that you have to do. Then after you've worked it, though, you have to drive to the family member's house and let them know. To me, letting someone I didn't even know that someone else I didn't even know died a horrific, unexpected death was the worst. I'm not sure why that part of it affected me like it did. Now, from these men, I put together one common theme about emotional pain. Here it is. Emotional pain rattles us, yet we all tend to undervalue it once we realize where the wound originated. Each of these guys realized that there were issues in their lives which could have been perceived as bigger deals. Rightfully so. Each one admitted that there were bigger things that caused issues for others. That, that is, someone else always had it worse off. But the reality is that we all perceive trauma differently. The things which prove hard for me may seem easy for you, and the situation that may send you into emotional upheaval, it may hardly register on my pain scale at all. You see, emotional hurts and pains, they're unique to each person. So rather than undermining how we feel when something heartfelt occurs, whether, whether we caused it or not, whether it's the result of our own sin or a sin committed against us, we should simply deal with it the best that we can where we are. Now, now compare this to physical injuries for a moment because it happens almost the same way physically as it does emotionally. Um, for instance, uh, three of Minnie's four brothers, they all fell from the same zip line at different times, simply dusted the grass off their clothes and then zipped again, no injury. Another example, over the years, hundreds of kids have fallen on the playground where Judah tripped. The other kids never broke their arms. Or, or maybe one more example, I could begin this talk with the wrestling example. Thousands of takedowns happen at those wrestling tournaments at every single event. No incidents whatsoever. You see, people respond to physical pain differently. It only makes sense that we would respond to emotional pains differently as well. And that means this, it means only you can communicate how something affected you. In other words, you must confront the pain, your own pain, in order to heal it because you are the pain scale. Now let me take you back to the wrestling mat for a moment. 
Let me share with you something I remember as I was putting these thoughts, these ideas, these notes together. It's something that's so common that you've probably seen it before. In fact, I guarantee you have, and right now is football season. And so I promise you that if you turn on the television this Saturday, you will see it if you haven't. Whether or not he could continue the bout or not when the injured wrestler went down. As the wounded athlete stood to his feet, a couple things happened. Number one is the crowd always cheered. We talked about that earlier. It didn't matter who we were cheering for before the injury. After waiting to see what happened, at least for those few moments before everything began again, we all celebrated for the injured person simply getting up. And, and then there's, there's this. Most of the time, second thing, after resting for a few minutes and catching his breath, the injured athlete was able to actually continue the match. Fighting with a renewed vigor and with scores of people now in his corner that weren't even watching the match before, he often finished the mat, get this, this is the third thing, with his hand raised. That is, he triumphed. Now, don't miss either one of those points, number two or number three. Number two was sometimes simply the pause was enough. It enabled the man to catch his breath, to gather his wits, and then to get up and to face the battle. And, and then the third was many times he not only faced the battle, but he actually won. He was victorious. I believe now the more I study it and the more I live it, that it's the same way with emotional hurts and pains to often living an intentional rhythm of Sabbath, an intentional rhythm of space, of pause of I don't have to continue running full throttle all the time. It provides sacred space, deliberate pauses, deliberate rest where the mess of life gets sorted and where we're able to not only stand, but step back into the center of the mat. And so as we sign off, here is my prayer is this week, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord be gracious and to shine his face of favor on you. And may you two things. Number one, may you not feel afraid or feel fearful of taking on the emotional pain. May, may you just simply face it. And may you endure it as we've discussed. And as you face that, may you realize that, that you need to treat it in the same way that you would treat a physical injury. May you pause and may you catch your breath and may you stop and realize that this isn't a lesser pursuit, that this isn't some second-rate endeavor, that your wholeness in every area, physically, mentally, spiritually, intellectually, relationally, other areas, and emotionally is worth the pause that it takes to heal. And may you courageously stand to your feet. And as you do, may you step back to the center and do what's the next best thing for you. Grace, peace, and until next time we talk, shalom.